Good evening and welcome to another episode of Under the Helmet. I'm your host, Terrence Biggs. Well, the APDFL last night had a little drama, a little excitement, and very close games. But before we get to the on-field on escapades, I need to give you a quick little soliloquy about respect. In this league, just like any other league, you have players who they leave their families, they leave their children, they leave their jobs. They drive hundreds of miles to strap up and play the game they love. Football is a fleeting game. You can't play forever and you want to play as long as you possibly can. With that said, when you look at the utter enmity and lack of respect between players and franchises, it, it kind of sends a bad tone as far as the look of this or any other league. It, it's not the most clear and unified a message where, yes, when you're between the lines, you, you are supposed to play hard and try to defeat your opponent. But the ancillary running of the mouth and just flagrant disregard for the health and safety of your rivals tends to be a little extra. Now, what I'm about to tell you it hasn't been completely flushed out because of lack of videotape and it is hearsay. So I'm not going to mention any direct names, but I'm going to go on three sources of things I was told. One, during a game last night between two excellent franchises, you had a player blindsight another player. Now in football this happens, it's one of those things that we really shouldn't be surprised, we really shouldn't be scared, it's more of this, it is what it is. But according to teammates of that player, which like I said, this is hearsay, as I'm not going to change names, the opposing coach from a team said that they had to take that player out. Now, as we said, no one was there to cooperate, no one was there to say, I heard it too, this is pretty much a he said versus he said. With that said, it does tend to strike a chord of concern when any of this is happening. Like I said, this is a game, this is a violent game. People get hurt all the time on field legally. Don't need coaches, owners, players out here trying to prove whatever toughness they think they may need to show for anybody. And if this truly happened last night, it is probably the smart move of anyone to either come clean or to never let it happen again because now the, the eyes are on the league as far as it's a safety issue. This is not, this is not a good look. As host of the show, I don't work for the APDFL. I'm an independent voice. I can speak for myself. Where it bothers me is the fact that players need to look out for each other. Yes, you can hit somebody as hard as you can legally and fairly, that's fine. It happens. This is a big boy game to do big boy things. It's not that. It's the little extra, and then it's the running out the mouth, and then you got people who feel as though they need to jump on social media and want to fight each other. If you fight each other over a semi-pro football game, you have whack priorities because this game should be either a stepping stone somewhere or a reward for a hard week, whatever job you do. If you up there want to throw hands with somebody and start a fight, what is that proving? That you are dumb? That chances are the cops will get called and you will get cuffed and brought your ass out to jail? No. 
this is not the kind of game, this is not the kind of league, and this is not the kind of attitude that if you are looking to climb the ladder as being one of the most successful players, leagues, organizations in the semi-pro world that you need to even follow. It is disturbing that we even have to have this talk, and that's the part that I can't stand, that it's, it's kind of we should be past this because this is the kind of thing that you should learn in high school, so you should learn in college. Actually, it's like the kind of thing you should learn in middle school where we should be better, you should be better. People as a whole, up, down, left, right, should be better. And I don't understand why they're not. And that bothers me to no end because football's a brotherhood and we got to take care of each other. If you're out there trying to blindside, crack back, or display any kind of other macho stupidity or foolery, this might not be the league for you. This might not be the game for you. You need to go do some other stuff. And run your mouth saying you want to throw hands at somebody after the fight or actually trying to bow up after the fight. That's a clown move. I would say we should be better, but some folks aren't better. Sometimes you let a clown be a clown and let a moron be a moron. That's all i got to say about that particular issue. But if we move on to on the field, the Mississippi Dynasty continues to show why they are one of the preeminent teams in the APDFL, the country, the region, everywhere. They held on for a 26-23 win over the Gulf Coast Gators yesterday, where the Dynasty broke out to an early lead. They were holding the lead, and then the Gators made a late charge a late rally that fell short. I think this game tends to, if you look at it, if you break it down, it says just as much for the Dynasty's ability to close out the show as it does for the Gators to not get down or get, get deterred by such a wide margin of falling behind where I see that there might be need for another matchup. Chances are these teams could play again, where the Gators can't start this slowly if they intend on wanting to dethrone the, the Dynasty, where the Dynasty have that pretty much it's a champion prerogative where you have to knock them out. You have to knock them out to win the game. You have to beat them soundly because if the game is close, chances are they will find a way to win where They've been in close games. Champions find ways to win games. You have to shut the door on them early and keep on scoring. If you stop scoring, you're going to stop winning. Where if you have a chance to not so much run it up or pile it on, but you have a chance to kind of make sure that they need to come from further behind and make their offense one-dimensional, you need to go ahead and do it. Because if you don't, they're going to run, they're going to track you down like the Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and slowly walk you down and end the game for you. Where you look at the scope of the league, you have teams like P-Town, the Wreckers. We're going to have Nick Hammond on any minute. And Nick is, his team is 4-0. They, you may not have heard of them, but they are still 4-0. We're also going to have one, Corey Wells and Dre Jones from the Alabama Blackhawks. These two teams play each other, so it'll be good to see where their minds are and kind of see where they are at this point in the season. I think when you look at 
a team like the Rutgers. They are one of the better teams because they seem to have a balance. There's a balance to their squad. There's a there's a there's a unity. There's a reason to fight for the same cause. You don't hear about them too often. You don't see them. They're not really the most talkative team. They show up, they win. They went to New Orleans and beat the Lightning. And anyone makes that trip from Birmingham to New Orleans, it, that is a haul. That is a long way to go to play football. And to get that road W kind of signaled their arrival. If you throw in the win versus the East Alabama Predators, who are, all, who are also a team on the rise, that is a team that needs to be watched. P-Town is not surprising people, but they're kind of going about their business quietly where you see others who like to brag and boast. They just kind of show up at the field, win, go home. It's a workmanlike effort, effort and it's, it's something that is indicative of what they're drilled, what they're coached. And they have the ability to maybe pull an upset where if you look at the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks have a sound defense. They they get after you in a hurry. From all indications of last night versus the Kings, the Kings and Blackhawks were wearing each other out physically at the line of scrimmage. They were it was a heavyweight fight. Kings made one more play or a couple more plays that the Blackhawks in, and the Kings ended up getting the victory. Where that leads into next week's under the helmet, we have. Melvin Davis and Jaron Walters, who are the quarterbacks of the Lightning and Kings, respectively. And it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the Battle of New Orleans, where you see the Blackhawks are, they currently stand at 1-2, which it's not really anything to panic yet, because they've had a pretty tough schedule. They had to play the Dynasty. They've had to play the Kings, and they, these are two of the top, I'd say, four teams in the league, and the, the Blackhawks hold their own. They are a disciplined team. They, they fight. They don't give up, and they will continue to want to run the ball without down to Cassidy or be aired out a little bit, but their defense is just... They're going to probably win a couple of games for that offense, which is not saying it's no slight against the offense, but the defense is that dominant. You have Corey Wells, you have Justin Robinson, you have guys who can get up field, who can make plays in the backfield and wreck a game plan. They don't really show much sign of fatigue as the season goes on, where they're not going to get tired. They're going to wear offenses out and force bad decisions with an athlete like Robinson who maybe the best pass rusher in the APDFL, coming off one of the most landmark seasons that you will see at this level. He presents such a headache because not only is he fast, he's big enough where he can use his hands to extend and keep the tackle off his chest. If you keep the tackle off his chest, the tackle's going to be beaten. If the tackle locks his arms in, it's going to be a fight, but if he keeps clean and gets that long arm rush, pain. He will beat you at the quarterback in a couple of seconds. Where you see other, you see someone like Corey Wells who may not get the press, but he's a playmaker. He shows up every play, every snap he's in the backfield, every snap he's making plays. And what 
have extolled his virtues are the fact that he's a short tire cut. I can't tell you in the last couple of weeks I've seen so many defenders just arm tackle, which is it's poor technique and it it leads to big plays. And that is the absolute worst part of it. But we are joined by guests. Who am I talking to? Who's on the line right now? Uh, this is Corey. Corey Wells, the, the linebacker from the Alabama Blackhawks. Corey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Y'all had a tough one last night. Can you break down what happened? Oh, we uh, had a slow start by the offense. And we, um, offense butter and couldn't get no rhythm until uh, late in the game. Now, I was just speaking on the, the the defense seems like it has shown up in every single game. As a defender, what do you say to the offense to kind of give them a motivation to kind of pick it up a little bit? Uh, with the offense, just uh, make it simple. Uh, instead of uh, compl com uh, making things complex, just make it simple. Take what the defense gives you. Uh, go uh, made the defense adjusted in, and then I have the whole offense out a whole lot. Now, if you look at your two losses, you uh, told you lost, you lost to the Kings and you lost to the Dynasty, two of the top teams in the league. Like that defense stands toe to toe. Like will stand toe to toe with the best. What makes that defense so strong? Um. I think all of us playing together and uh, everybody's doing their assignment. We have fun playing on defense. Uh, everybody's competitive, and it's not just one person to the ball. It's 12 people to the ball, and everybody's on one accord. And that's what make it, that will make it a whole lot fun, basically. It, it's a lot of fun playing defense because we get a chance to hit somebody. We get a chance to cause turnovers and, and just – have fun playing the game of football. In all of my research for season, I get told when I'm making a topic through this, you know, things you gotta watch as well as guy. You gotta get film. You gotta watch this guy. What makes your game so unique as far as being a defender? What's your key to success? Uh, my key to success is uh, just being a, a student of the game. Uh, anybody can strap it on, put a helmet on, put shoulder pads on, tie up cleats, and go out there and play ball. But if you don't know exactly what you're doing, you can't be successful. If you don't watch film and uh, uh, see what the uh, offense is doing in each and every formation that they line up in, then I'm not going to be successful. So I watch a lot of film. I study it. I write down uh, key things that I see out of each formation. Um, I look at quarterbacks and I look at the receivers, how they uh, come off their routes. I, I look at the offensive line, how they how they pass block, how they run block. So just study and film and know exactly what's going on, which elevates my game. Now, you're a veteran. You have really, uh, you've been around and you have seen how the league changed, seen how your team changed. How do you inspire your younger teammates to kind of follow suit and kind of 
the walk your line as far as being able to break down film? I, I, I tell my teammates to make it simple. Uh, like we have a lot of uh, young guys on the defense, and I tell, especially my corners, I tell them keep everything in front of you. If you keep everything in front of you, you can always come out and make a play. Um, technique and fundamentals is, is the key to success. Um, so if you're not using correct technique or if you're not fundamental sound, then talent, talent can't take you far. It can only take you so far. So if you put talent along with uh, staying fundamental sound and having good technique, uh, you can make a play on anything. We are also joined by another guest. Who is calling tonight? Nicholas Hammond. Town Nick, Nick, how are you tonight? You have me and uh, Corey Wells from the Alabama Birmingham, Alabama Blackhawks. Oh yeah, very, 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 very good guy. How we doing, Corey? What's up, Nick? Now, Nick, my now, Nick, let me ask you a question. The the records are the quietest four and O team in the league. They are one of the quietest teams in the league. What is the what is the secret to keeping such a low profile but yet going out and winning game after game? Well, uh, as I heard Corey allude to, we we got we had to stop guys from really mouthing off about the game of football. Uh, to teach, you have to be taught by a great player, and you have to attain some of those qualities in order for you to pass it to the next guy. So we got the leaders. Uh, all together and informed it. We didn't need to talk it. We needed to show it. Uh, and and this year was kind of uh, the foundation for playing on the field uh, with your body, with your uniform, with your teammates as a unit in, instead of being an individual. Now we are also joined by another call. Who who am I talking to now? Who is the other person in the line? Hey, what's going on, Terry? This is this is Matt. Matt, how you doing tonight, Matt? You got me, you got Corey, you got Nick. It's like a Alabama reunion here. Who we got? You got Corey Wells on? Yep, and Nick Hammond. Okay, okay, what's going on, fellas? What's up, man? What's going Matt? on, man? Matt. Corey. Corey. Yeah. Go mob. Go mob. <laughs> Matt, I mentioned your question. You... With the uh, Predators, who also are enjoying a good a measure of success, how do you keep your players from overly running their mouths off and kind of bringing undue heat onto the East Alabama name? Okay, so that, that's a great question because we had this situation last night. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Tuskegee and, and EAP have a lot of players that's crossovers that's played on both teams, grew up together from high school. Little league stuff like that, and it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of chattering going back and forth, and um, eventually we had the ref the ref stepped in, and you know they told both sides, you know, anybody say anything else to anybody is 15 yards. Um, the biggest thing is I thought I I, uh, I know I was uh, one of the people that kind of jawed back and forth a little bit, and I and uh, we had to tell our players, look, just keep it under control. Uh, don't you know? Don't say anything to anybody. Keep it clean all in between the fields, and just focus on the task. Because uh, a lot of times you get players who can't—they can't jog back and forth and, and stay focused on the task at hand. 
and they get so caught up and, and wound up in trying to talk crap that uh, you get a bad name for like for just talking that. And so I tell people at the end of the day, we represent that name that's on the front and that community. So, you know, you have to really watch what you say and you don't want to develop that reputation as the guy or the team that keeps talking trash and then they, uh, but you can't back it up. And uh, I know we got a, we have a few people in the league that <laughs> that uh, that do that do that. But um, the biggest thing is just trying to uh, to tell your players, hey, focus on what we're trying to do here. Focus on when. Don't worry about uh, all the chattering. Let your let your shoulder pads and your helmet do the talking and the scoreboard. Now, Corey, as a vet, you probably have seen folks act a fool and just complete just clown themselves. How do you maintain such a order with the uh, Blackhawk defense? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a lot of the guys on on the defense, uh, they know how I am. And like uh, Matt said, we still have a lot of guys that talk crap. But like I tell them, like, if you're going to talk crap, you got to bag it up. But what talking going to do? Talking ain't never won a football game. Not unless you playing Madden on PlayStation or Xbox. Other than that, man, just play ball. Like there's no need. Play with your pads. Play, 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 play with your pads. Play the game of football. No need to talk. And now, they, they, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Now, like I was mentioning before, you are one of the guys that, to the casual fan, they don't, they see your stats and are amazed because you don't ever open your mouth. Like, you don't really talk again. You just go out there and do it. As dealing with younger players, how frustrating is it to have to deal with the young who want to open their mouths and then play and maybe not play as well as they, as a game they, they, they will talk beforehand? It's hard because Sometimes the young guys don't realize their mouths get themselves in trouble. And like Matt said, they lose focus. It, they can't talk trash and play ball at the same time. Like, I deal with one all the time, one of our players, that he knows when he opens his mouth, I'm sitting there telling him, shut up. Don't, we don't need all that talking. And he's real bad with being on the, on the opponent's sideline and talking trash. Nick knows who I'm talking about. He talked trash to that team and all that stuff. So I like, I, I, I fixed it. You go to our sideline, talk to our sideline. And they kind of calming, they kind of got him under control, kind of calmed him down. So I try to put them in the best situation as possible. Now, Nick, when you have to deal with that, and just like, you know, the, the three of you are pretty much from the same area, and you know each other, and you probably know the same talent pool of players. How do you deal with the hot head player? I mean, it, it, it's the game of football. Um, I'm a emotions-driven guy. I, I, I try to get these guys to eliminate their emotions and, again, play as a unit. Now, with that being said, I have to have attitude because if you don't have attitude uh, towards what you're doing and you're not motivated by what you're doing, then you're not going to give me 100%, but you can't teach your, your teammates to give 100% when you don't. Uh, I, I, I like guys to teach. By the way they play, I love the way Corey plays. I love the way he leads. He leads by example, and I chat. I love the 
the, the being challenged with the young guy. Because, see, we as veterans, we know what the popping that mouth going to do. It's going to relinquish the focus, and you're going to get caught slipping, which is the chin check that you're supposed to get. As a veteran, you know to calm that down and play on an even kill, and you control that. So as veterans, we have to teach. But that doesn't make the job easy. It really gets frustrating when you have to play and teach. Uh, so I know exactly how Corey feels. I, as an owner and a non-coach, I put my foot down. Uh, I don't mind you being high strong, but the celebratory uh, efforts are within a two-second minimum. You should be motivated that you stopped them because if you're playing at a high level, you, you should respect high levels of play. I love playing the Blackhawks because I know they're going to play football. Four quarters. So the only way I can measure my success is against a successful program. Uh, and that's that's what I teach the players. Now, Matt, last night you said that there was a few uh, drawing back and forth with y'all in the airmen. As one of the vets, what was that post game like? Because I know it, it was a hard-fought game, but what's the post game combo like? Is it more of like calmer, or is it more of just like disappointment or upset? Um, to be honest there, it, it's more of uh, first of all, shout out to the Airmen for for playing four quarters of ball. And uh, it's kind of upset because especially when you uh, when you play a team like the Airmen, and um, I don't know if you've seen the film yet, I mean, mm-hmm. it was 8 to nothing from the first five minutes of the game into the last minute and 34 seconds. And um, when you play a near-perfect game, you know, you tell you tell them, hey, you got to play four quarters. And we got away from what we did. We, uh, you know, one blown call, and anybody who played football long enough knows when you don't capitalize on the safety, you got a good team, and you let them hang around. They're gonna find a way to get in the end zone, and and that's and that's what happened last night. So it it kind of with the jawing back and forth, I was able to to live with it because for three and a half quarters we we backed it up, but we didn't back we we didn't back it up in the in a in a crucial time, and it deflated us. So um, you know just just going back and forth with. With a close game like that, it, it definitely hurts because uh, you go back and look, and uh, my teammates always tell me, they say, man, you look at the game through a different scope. And, I mean, there we've had conversations, and, and I do. And I and I went back to them, and I told the coaches and the owners, I said, man, it was three plays that swung this game. And, you know, everybody was thinking, oh, yeah, the touchdown play, the, the two touchdowns they scored – uh, you know, the one at the end and the one in overtime. And I said no, no, and I gave them. Um, I said we were we were down. It was third and third and seventeen, and we gave up a thirty-yard halfback screen. Got to get off the field. Uh, yeah, the touchdowns hurt, but you all, we also gave up a, a nine-yard run on third down. So you know, little stuff like that. that that, it, it hurts because uh, plays that should have been big plays, we shut down, but then we gave up little things. And those little things added up, added up, added up until 
they found a, a breaking point. So it took a it took a lot of it took a lot of wind from us, and then it, it kind of just deflated us going into halftime. Now I commend my team for very much. They stood up. They they sat down and. The proudest moment I had, even in the defeat, was nobody had their head low. And, you know, even though there was Wilson going back and forth, he still was man enough to shake the man's hand at the end of the game and say, you know what, y'all won, and and you did it. And, look, we're going to try to run this back. So uh, I know I know Corey and, and Nick, they've been on the end of close games, and they'll tell you, when you just know – one or two inches here, it kind of deflates you a little bit. Because you know, dang, if, if we could have just did that little bit more it, and it goes, it's going to show us that we can win. And I tell my team that all the time. It's, it's little things. Everybody wants a big play, but it's the little things that, that win games. Now, Corey, you are someone who can play the run well. You get in the back, but you also can also get home and get at the quarterback. The question is this. Is a pass rusher born, or are they made? Can you just be born with somebody with this these gifts, or is it something that somebody can actually teach you from the ground up? You you can teach someone how to uh, properly rush the pass rusher. Uh, as, as a coach, like uh, it goes back to technique and fundamental. Like you can take somebody who's who's learning a game and teach them, okay, this technique and this fundamental and this and that, but you teaching that person, and that person got to be willing to take what you're teaching them and put it out on the field. But when you got somebody who who just naturally a freak and know how to pass rush, case in point, Justin Robinson, like he's a freak of nature. You you can't teach that. Like that's just raw talent. But then when you have somebody else that we have on our team, like Jay, you know. He he wasn't a, a, a defensive end, but we taught him the technique and the fundamental on how to be a pass rusher, and he's been so and he's been successful. So you it can go either way. You can teach it, or somebody can be born with the natural talent and be a pass rusher. Now, Nick, as an owner, would you rather have a team full of guys you can easily coach to? Learn fundamentals, or would you rather have a team of just straight athletes where it's just pretty much here it is, see ball, hit, go get the ball? Well, that's kind of difficult. Uh, I love to have talent, but I much rather have a coachable player that that's pushing uh, to attain his goals and a team goal. Uh, and if those guys accelerate a little faster than talent because talent normally gets into the me, 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 me type of syndrome. Um, occasionally, not always, but if I had my choice, I'd like a 50-50 blend. But, you know, this is this is life, and it never gives you what you want. Uh, I, I, I like guys who want to work. Guys who, who show me that they'll work, I'll show them that I'll work with them. Uh, as much as possible uh, to, to help them attain their goals. And that's what it's all about is, is, is showing guys that they have the ability, but it's going to require work. Uh, it's like Corey said, man, it's fundamentals and being coachable and able to attain what a coach gives you and then apply it, there's nothing better. That's the win to the game. It's not the scoreboard. It's that growth of a player and then a team. 
especially when they buy in. Uh, it's a hard process to get everybody to buy in, but once you set a, a, a standard it, it, and hold to it, it's, it's really not a hard thing to do. Um, I'm going to go back to the close ball game Mike was talking about. Um, a lot of my growth and my success this year as a team has come from a loss we took last year against the Blackhawks. And uh, what's your big lineman name? Uh, uh, good night. Uh, he probably talking about Drake. Drake, Drake yeah. Jones. Drake said earlier in the, uh, in the interview, you know, why everybody got something about the Blackhawks to say? I said, dude, you have to respect their gangster. I don't know what you're thinking, but you should expect a person to give you their best because it's the only way that you're going to get better is seeing the best and having an answer for it. Um, so for me, it all goes back to they responded to being beat by us by beating us at the most important time to beat a team in the playoffs with everything on the line. Corey made an exceptional play and gave them a shot to win the game. I actually called the play. Uh, out of frustration, uh, I shouldn't be saying this, but I jumped the fence and got on the other side of the track to smoke a cigarette. And the guy says to me, he says, uh, hey, coach, I'm this particular guy from the BBFL. You helped me with my uniforms. Uh, it's a great game. I said, yeah, but if it was me, it will be over right now because I go jump ball to my big man in the corner. And as I turn around, they went jump ball to the big man in the corner. But that play was off of Corey. Arriving, I mean, right on time. His knowledge of the game, his doing his job is what allowed them to win. And he taught not only his players, but a whole lot of my players what it took. And I appreciate that, my brother. Now, Matt, no who's the one, Matt, who's the one player that, if you look at your schedule, that you haven't lined up against, lined up against yet this year, but you're kind of looking forward to it? Uh, it's got to be either uh, Jaron Walters, and I won't get to line up against Corey now because we play the same side of the ball. But, uh, you know, I, I, every week I, I have somebody because I've seen them on and, they, and they, they've been been great, and I like what I've seen. Uh, so I know I got Jaron coming up on the schedule. And uh, definitely, uh, I know, Corey, y'all got Adonis down there. With the, Adonis been my dog. We played together uh, a few years. And uh, I love lining up with him because he's a hard-nosed runner. And, uh, you know, he, he lets you know if you're going to get a tackle on him, you got to earn it. And he know I, I tell him if, if you're going to uh, try to get five yards on us, I'm gonna, you're going to have to earn it. So th- those are the two I got uh Coming up soon that uh, I I I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. Now, Corey. Now, if you look at the balance of the Blackhawks schedule, what player are you kind of looking forward to? Or let me let me, let me rephrase it. What uh, quarterback are you looking forward to uh, dropping to the ground? <laughs> well, that's a uh, a long list. <laughs> oh man. We're going to start with this coming up week, uh, Boche. <laughs> and, um, we're real good friends, and we chat almost every day. This week we won't because we know we got a big game coming up. But I'm look, 
he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And a, a lot of people don't know, like, because O'Shea don't talk, he don't say anything. He let his game do the talking. So you ever played against him, you respect his game. So um, when you line up against number three, you got to bring your A game. And, it, and he's not easy to tackle neither. So not only playing against him two times last year, and if you sit back and just allow him to pick you apart, he's not going to only do it with his arm. He can do it with his feet. He's very knowledgeable of the game. He's a, a, one of those ones that's an athlete at quarterback position. Them the hardest ones to uh, defend when you have an athlete and he's knowledge and he know the game. Um, you can put him up there with uh, Jackson out of Mississippi Dynasty and um, also Jones out of the uh, Gators. Like, in my opinion, those are the top three quarterbacks in the league. So no. I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to him. Uh-oh. Now, Nick, who's one player that you haven't seen yet in person but is kind of excited to kind of see what the hype is about when you win the records play them this year? Well, we've seen them. Um, you know, the, the guys who we want to kind of get back at a little bit, uh, who, who kind of played us uh, knowledgeable of the game of football, and I mean, really technique. Savvy, uh, they're not on our schedule. I've I've wanted to play the the, the dynasty uh, because of uh, their success. You know, you measure yourself up against great athletes, and, and it's hard for anybody to win a championship, let alone back to back. So uh, their quarterback, their running back, uh, I kind of want to play against them. Their defense is okay, so I want to see what our offense can do against some really good uh, talented guys. Uh, but you know, on this side. Um, Somebody referenced the SEC. Um, this is this would be the SEC West. It, whoever you get week in week out, you finna get their best. Especially us being P Town, we get everybody's best at least for a half a game. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's a it's a challenge for us week in week out. It doesn't matter who comes. We have to play ball, uh, and that's what we push. But uh, anybody on the schedule that that that's already written down, we want to see them, and I want to see them at their best. Uh, I don't like guys who talk it, but I'm okay with you talking it as long as you can walk it with it. Um, but just know uh, we're gonna play football. We're gonna line up and play football. We're gonna try to play football four complete quarters. Uh, this weekend we shot ourselves in the foot a whole lot, uh, but that happens when you get to jumping on a guy on a team, and uh, you can let some guy's attitude uh, dictate how you play ball and you lose focus. And we lost focus a lot. Uh, we put up 44 points, and, you know, that was – we threw away six or seven touchdowns uh, with mistakes, little bitty retarded mistakes. So, you know, just playing against great talent, has you have to be focused at all times, week in and week out. So, it's, you know, we got a really, 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 really big game this weekend uh, coming up, and it's a lot on the line. Uh, it's always been a great game. Uh, so we, we, we at Corey because we know Corey and his boys are at us. Uh, but it's great competition, and it's going to be family directly after that game, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I look forward to the weekend. Now, Matt, when you, when you look at – pretty much the 
the breakdown in the power of the uh, American versus national. What team from the national will jump up and shock somebody this year? Uh, from the national or the American? The national first. Uh, national. Uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a, a, a little tough. Let me uh, hold on for a second. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Uh, I um. saw the film and when they read the stats it kind of made sense when you look at when your playing career is done what will you take from the football experience uh, the love of the game and knowing that I uh, gave it my all Now, now, Nick. Now, Nick. As an owner, you have to deal with players, other owners. What is the most rewarding part of your job as owner? Helping, 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 helping. Anybody that we can we can help, we we teach to help somebody else. Uh, somebody help me. Uh, so I try to go out of my way to help another program, especially the, the new guys coming in, kind of give them ideas that works for us, and maybe they can possibly implement that. Because the stronger the competition is you play, the better the players will get, and the better the players will get, the better levels of play that they'll adjust and uh, succeed to in their own personal uh, goals and, 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 and lifetimes and dreams. So I just like to help. Now, I think we're going to swing a little bit. Matt, to you, what football player, college or pro, that you swore that would be the next big thing but never really made it, and why? Uh, okay, so it, it was this guy that came to uh, Auburn with us. He um, And he watched out in about four or five years. His name was Gerald Wallace. He played uh, running back. He's from Louisiana. He was the top recruit coming out of the state of Louisiana. Uh, showed flashes of stuff in in uh, fall camp. Worked his way up onto the starting thing, and then 
uh, got in the game situation and he just folded. Thoughts, uh, so Daryl. I mean, all of us thought Daryl was going to be something else. You you have to understand. He came he came up and Auburn pretty much asked Brandon Jacobs to transfer after the 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 create room and he was sitting third on the depth chart at the end of fall camp. Uh, well, he was co-third team with uh, Trey uh, Smith, and that that was you had. Cadillac, Ronnie, Trey Smith, and Gerald. And then you had Brad Lester, Kenny Iron, Ben Tate behind him. So that tells you what kind of backfield that was, was going on that he shot up. And we all were like, hey, he's the he's the he's gonna be the next big thing. And uh Gerald ended up bouncing between about four schools. And then he was back at home. Now, Corey, make the case for Charles Haley being the most underrated pass rusher of all time. Is that Charles? Charles Haley. Charles Haley. Charles Haley. As a Cowboys fan. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm-mm-mm. Uh. That's good. Why don't you think he got the uh, like the the press that other people did, and he won five rings? He was dominant from start to finish. What made you think that people don't really like draw to him? His work ethic. Like you just don't dominate and not be successful without having such a good work ethic. All right. Next question for you, Nick. And he, he, and he wasn't flashy either. I think that's no. another reason. And he was frequently strong for Yeah. All right. Now, Nick, the three of you pretty much live in the same area, I'm guessing. Who has the best ribs in the area and why? Say that again. With the best ribs. In my area? Uh, I think we they all fluctuate between uh, yeah. both teams. So. Yeah. Well, the, the difference so is. I think, I think when we're not playing at home, they probably ref his game. And when they're not playing at home, they ref our game. And then we play each other, they ref our game. So, no, yeah, it's we, yeah, we we got the we got the same kind of thing with Tuskegee. We kind of using the it's kind of the same riff or a combination of about eight different riffs. We know you know you see them enough, you know it's them. Now I'm gonna start the question with Matt, and I'm gonna go around. In your area right now, if you wanted to go out and get a plate of home cooking at a restaurant, what's the what? Who has the best uh, barbecue ribs in the area? The best barbecue ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my Me. area. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I got some pretty good ribs, but uh, uh, if I had to go out and get them, it'll be between uh, 
I would say Mike and Ed's, Chester's, and Dreamland. And that's in my area. Now, Corey, same question to you. I don't see. I only eat barbecue like that. <laughs> so, I, but I heard. I, I I heard. Yeah, I only eat barbecue like that. I only eat ribs. To be honest with you. But uh, I heard that Dreamland had some pretty good ones. Dreamland's on point. Yeah, I, I heard Dreamland. Now, well, Nick, to you. Now, Nick, to you. From in your area right now, if you wanted to go down and. I don't know, have a beer or two. What's the place to go to? Uh, Full Moon. It's a nice sit down, you know, uh, coffee sports thing. Uh, we in the country down here, so, you know what I mean? We're kind of behind the times and all the fancy. But, you know, uh, in fact, I, if I was going out for real, I, I wouldn't even go to a restaurant. We don't have a dreamland here, but what we got that the city don't got is we got folk with the cows. Uh, there you go. Everybody cook ribs, you understand what I'm saying? So I call an uncle if I didn't want to cook myself. I call one of my uncles because, you know, I ain't met a restaurant, Dreamland, and any other one uh, that even get close. Um, so, it ain't I mean, it, like it, it, it varies. Yeah, it, 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 it's something about it when your grandmama put her feet in them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now, Matt, who you got in the tournament this year, in the NCAA tournament? Who you got winning? Who I got, it, man, is it, one school in the tournament. Hey, you see what we doing. North Carolina? <laughs> no, sir. They, North Carolina on, on, the, on the clock. They on the clock. Ain't nothing but them sharp shooters from Auburn. Uh, but no. if I got to be completely unbiased, man, you got to go You, you gotta go with them freezes uh, of nature over there at Duke. They they escaped by the by the chin of the, by the hair of that chin chin chin. You see how should have beat them. You should have you should have had them in there. UCF got uh what's his name Taco Fall. He, I, yeah. I figured he uh I figured they weren't gonna let it uh he wasn't gonna let them just get to the goal like they wanted to. Mm. And they are uh, off a missed free throw off a missed free throw putback they won the game. Which all come back down to fundamental technique. If you box out like you coaching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Them boys train for that moment. Most people. Corey, uh, who you got that tournament this this year? I got some 30. Wow. That's good. Wow, both wrong. Carolina's going to win it all, man. Man, Carolina is is done, man. I'm going to give you a little background on this. On this Carolina-Auburn game, on this Carolina-Auburn game, man. I, I, Auburn's playing at a high level right now, uh, but Duke's gonna be the team to knock off. Uh, them boys are trained at a higher level than most. Uh, yeah. They're prepared for the moment. You know, if, if they stay healthy and don't don't take any injuries during the tournament, it, they're only gonna get better. Yep. And. And uh, I think Auburn got a little extra motivation with uh, Garrison Brooks playing for North Carolina. Uh, Garrison, uh, I watched him grow up. He's from Auburn. Uh, his dad coached at Auburn for a little while. Garrison wasn't even uh, – Auburn was one of the first schools that Auburn, he wouldn't even take a visit. He 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 went right around the corner for a heat. Uh, Bruce Pearl reached out to him several times. 
players reached out to him. They would see him out and just tell him to come take a visit. He was like, man, I'm going to win a championship. This is their time to, to, to give it to him. So it's a little bit extra motivation there. Come on now. It's Carolina. Look, man, who'd you, who'd you be? This week, because Carolina is not here for it. They beat Duke twice. They they can beat anybody. They beat Gonzaga. They they, they can stay with anybody. The only team that can, the only team that concerns me is Kentucky. The length of Kentucky is a is, is a problem. Yeah. Uh huh. That, that's I, a good Terry. I got I got to go with the home. Do you believe <laughs> North Carolina will underestimate Auburn? No, because Bruce Pearl is a good coach and. I mean, I I gotta miss the Auburn. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't watched Auburn outside of this year since they had a uh, Chris Porter. That's been forever ago. Oh man, Chris Porter, AU legend. He actually just spoke down here uh, not too long ago. Now, Corey, as someone from uh, Mississippi, do you fall with the Ole Miss or do you fall with Mississippi State? Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't follow neither one. Really? Who do you follow? Yeah. Uh, Tennessee in football and Kentucky in basketball. Okay. Can't, can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at Tennessee in football until, until they find a good coach. Last question for the three. I'm going to start with Nick and work my way around. You have Hey you guys. How you doing? doing? You have five dollars to bet on any team in the APDFL that's not your own to win the championship. Who would you bet on? Uh, on on my side? Or it can't be your team. Any team in the holy, but it can't be your team and it can't be the dynasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm sort of like a SEC West type of dude, so I'm for my side no matter what. Uh, any team other than mine, I want the Blackhawks to get loose. But that, you know, that's kind of an embarrassment because they got to go through me. There you go. <laughs> Matt, you got five bucks. Who do you want to? Who would you put your money on to win it all except for the dynasty? And it can't be your team. Uh, my money would be uh, it. It it it'd probably be the it'd be the Blackhawks or the Gators. <laughs> but it uh, I like defense, man. Uh, I I live by the by the uh, old saying. One of my coaches used to say. Offense is here to entertain. Yeah. Defense is here to win the game. <laughs> so I, now, I, I, I'm going to have to go with the back off. Yeah. There you go. Now, Corey, to you. Like, you got five bucks. 
who would you put that money on except for the uh, dynasty? You can't choose them. You can choose anybody else, and you can't choose your own team. Oh man, that's tough, man. Um, you know if if P Town's a real deal, because I haven't really seen uh, EAP yet. Uh, haven't really watched film on them, but just going off of uh, the talent that P Town has, they yes, they'd sir. be the next runner up in our league. I mean, and then plus they already beat uh, EAP already, so they already got a, a step step ahead of them. So if it ain't the Blackhawks, we gotta go to P Town. Alright. Fellas, I wanted to hey. thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um Corey, Nick, Matt, as always. Thank you fellas for joining us. Glad to be a part of it, man. This has been no another problem. episode of the, Under the Helmet. We will see you next week. <laughs>